Tell me what you did for your birthday. You went out to lunch with your wife. I uh, I took my children to Benihana. Oh, that's fun. Did they do they like Benihana? They liked it. Yeah. When they get a little older, I'm going to surprise them one day and be the chef there. I've done this program once before at Benihana where you can be the chef and it's so much fun. Do you know how to do those things? They have a little training course, and I did my training course for this years ago. I didn't tell any of my friends. We was my birthday dinner years ago. Sure. And sure. then I come back with a chef's hat on, but they thought it was like a gimmick. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm cooking you guys the whole fucking meal. They thought it was a one second joke. During the prep, they have you do everything. They teach you how to do the shrimp tossing thing. They teach you how to do the, the volcano and the fried rice. All the magic tricks. The whole nine yards. Now, bear in mind, at Benihana, there are there are multiple tables around. And the table behind us, of course, they didn't know that I wasn't the chef. They just thought I was the chef. So when, when we got to the rice part and you know you make like the big beating heart, I, of course, made a giant dick, which the people behind me, my, <laughs> nice. my friends thought was hysterical because I'm a fucking eighth grader. Sure, of course. And the table behind me is like, is that a giant dick? I'm like, uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> like, and then when it came to the volcano time... I made two matching volcanoes, so I made it look like boobs that were on fire. It kind of had like like the Madonna That's awesome. dress look from whatever she wore in the 90s. Cone bra. And of course, I thought it was hysterical because again, I'm an eighth grader. The table behind me was just like, um, <laughs> should we get our check? I don't know. Why are we still here? Quiet, anyway, it was a lot of fun. So I'm going to surprise my kids Four, with that at some point. Three, older. two. Company presents a truly terrible podcast. Welcome to Nonsense Season 2, Episode 2. I'm Jeff Parker. I'm Jill. This is our take on the week's business tech and entertainment headlines. This time, we'll discuss credit reporting agencies, oh boy. how they work, how they generate your credit score, and their large flaws. A really exciting episode, isn't it? It's Secret Pal Day. Do you know keeping secrets is detrimental to your health? A Secret Pal is a release valve of sorts, easing mental pressures. Here's to the friends so close and trustworthy that we can trust them with our most private secrets. I feel like the mafia does not support this particular day. I think they would because it's people keeping their secrets. Oh, is that how that works? Not National Narc Day? They don't support National Narc Day. <laughs> That's a different day. That's on the other side of the year. They're opposed to that. It's also Cigarettes Are Hazardous to Your Health Day. Manufacturers of cigarettes have described the cigarette as a drug administration system for the delivery of nicotine in acceptable and attractive form. Yes, finally, an acceptable and attractive way to get cancer, emphysema, and increase your risk of a heart attack 400%. First of all, <laughs> who who exactly finds cigarettes attractive? Is that, is that a thing? I think that was a thing. I think when they were first really? promoting them, when they were first getting people interested in them in manufactured cigarettes. There were cigarettes that were rolled up newspaper before that. Sure. You know, I mean, that like yeah. came from wartime when people would sure. see but others smoking tobacco and thought, let's try that. The line of Hearst menthols. Yeah, I think those <laughs> didn't do so well. I also, I love that the name of this day is Cigarettes Are Hazardous to Your Health Day. They were going to just call it Duh, but that was already taken. <laughs> isn't, isn't Cigarettes Are Hazardous to Your Health Day like every day? <laughs> is there ever a time when cigarettes are not hazardous is, to your health? This is the only day they're bad for you. How's your week going? Well, uh, as I mentioned, um, uh, when we were getting set up. I took my my two little rodents to uh, Benihana. That was yeah. that was a blast. Sure. We somehow got through it. I'm not sure how, but we we survived. And then I decided to spend my birthday doing two things. I replaced the uh, glow plugs on my truck for the first time. I've never touched a glow plug before in my life. Which are like spark plugs? They're like spark plugs for diesel engines, which is uh, super interesting. Okay. And of course, these, like all things in vehicles, are extremely easy to do, but getting to them is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I really want to go yell at some Ford engineers for this. Uh, anyway, I scratched it off my bucket list, so I felt good about that. So you'd never have to do that again. Who knows? Uh, the previous owner apparently had done it once because I noticed some parts that looked pretty new. Speaking of children, 
you have to get your passport renewed for kids every five years. Yeah, sure. So my oldest son was due for his passport renewal, so we did that as well, which was also very exciting to do on my birthday. How about you? How was your week? It's Consumer Electronics yeah. Show Week in Las Vegas, and I'm not there, so my week's going pretty <laughs> well. Know. Thank you very much. Remember when we used to really want to go, and like we were like look forward to it? Oh my gosh, it? I used to go to so many of those trade shows. That was like two Convex, of those. And then, yeah. And, then, yeah, and then CES right behind it. And it's cold in Las Vegas yeah. in the morning. It's also, it's a lot of people, and it's a lot of lines. I remember being really fun. I'll tell you, the only reason, I, and I actually really enjoy seeing all the stuff and I enjoy yeah, watching sure. the keynotes and all that. The thing that makes me happy in 2024 is that I can mostly see everything on YouTube now. Oh, better. The warmth of, of my and, office. And you, don't, and you don't have to walk the show floor, which is like, you know, if you try to walk the whole thing, it's like 28 miles. It was fun meeting people and you make friends and that, that part was kind of kind of cool, but I'm not sad to, uh, to to not be there in person. Sure. But I do want to say that uh, I'm finally getting my new phone. Though. Oh, you ordered your new phone. That's right. You got the, the iPhone 15 Pro? <laughs> Pixel 8 Pro. Yeah, I actually got a real phone. Should, should be arriving in the next few hours. I thought you ordered a good phone. I, I no didn't. Idea. Why would I do that? No. I ordered a great phone. Yeah, okay. Why would I stop it? Good. That's crazy. How many minutes from when you get your phone until it gets F-Droid installed on it? Is that the first thing you do? No, not even close. I mean, uh, there are a few apps that I will put on it right away, but I'll be very... I, I, you can bump the backs of the Android phones together and it transfers all your data and your apps and sets but you up don't, your phone. You, you don't so. support that? You don't support and the phone bump at the back bump? I'll tell you what. I don't want the digital cruft so that sure. I could obviously look at my old phone and put everything back on it today. Sure. But I would rather just put in the things that I'm actually using as I use them to make sure that totally. do I really use okay. this app that sure. much that I want? I used to do that, and now I'm. It's much like my email. Now I just give zero fucks. I just put it all on there, search out what I want, turn on the auto delete old apps I don't use, and just move on with my life. Let's get to our headlines. Consumer it. Electronics Show is in full swing. Some of the more interesting things that uh, that we've seen yeah. when you walk in, they have a mini sphere. Of course, because they need more press around that thing. It's pretty cool. Even the mini sphere, I have to say, is pretty cool. I don't know if you've seen video of it online. I mean, look, I think it's a neat idea. It's a neat promotion. It would have been way cooler if they had mini YouTube performing in it's it. It's just the outside. It's not It's not the inside of the sphere. It's just the outside. But they have like little AI YouTube playing inside. Imagine how cool that would be. There's tons of uh, AI all over the floor. Everywhere you, you look, everything is AI. Except Except in the orange juice. Tropicana came oh, out I saw with this. a thing. They're promoting AI-free orange juice from Tropicana. Yeah. I, can't, I can't even say it. Imagine Tropicana if you got rid of the A's it's, and the I's. Yeah, it's easier if you see it. They took the A and the I out, and it's an AI-free <laughs> orange juice, which ironically, though, uh, it, um, has achieved uh, self-enlightenment. So when you open it up, it will tell you not to drink it. Electric motorcycles with 200-mile ranges. That's, That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. My concern about these, because I think I really do think motorcycles are a great play for, for EVs, but they make no noise. They have to add the noise. They actually I have know, to add the but noise. But it's, it's still not loud enough, right? I mean, the old adage in guys that ride is is um, uh, loud pipes save lives, right? Like that's what, what folks would say. So you want to be loud because people don't see you. So you want them to hear you and at least know that you're there. And these bikes are typically dead quiet, even with the little noisemakers on them. They, you don't know they're there. Yeah. And I find that mildly concerning. LG and others are showing off transparent TV screens. Have you seen the transparent TV screens? Well, no, I can't see it. It's transparent. They actually, when they light up pixels, like they have the they have one where like this waterfall is coming over. Yeah, Before the waterfall cool. comes over, it's transparent. And then the water comes and fills. It's really neat. And screen. Screen. Yeah, I think actually yeah. these are pretty cool. I think these have some interesting applications, especially interesting. In I think as displays, I'm not yeah. sure anyone would, would want one in their house. I don't know, man. Let's see. I I think it's a little hypey, but I could see it being a thing. I think that there's something really compelling about a TV that, that is not a TV when it's off. Yeah. So like the ones that show art kind of disappears. Yeah. This to me is like the next version of that. It's awkward when you have a 85 inch piece of quote art on your wall in front of your couch. But I think it's interesting. If it's just like glass. Have you seen Bali from Samsung? Yeah, I think this is great. It's a bowling ball sized AI robot with a 
spatial LIDAR sensor. You get two drinks of me, and I'm definitely going to try to bowl with this thing. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. It's got a 1K projector built in for movies, conference calls, shows your computer screen, shows the headlines. It talks to your smart home devices and your dumb ones via infrared. It sends text messages, and you can control it by voice. I mean, it, look, I think the idea is cute, mildly It's fun. It's a little AI guy that follows you around. But, it's nice. Now, if you go, go upstairs, yeah, it can't go. I was going to say, yeah, it follows you around until you have to cross a threshold, and then it's like, cannot go in there. How long can the batteries possibly last? A couple hours, and then it's no, got to be drained. I mean, well, no. I mean, projector ain't taking up much. It's got little tiny wheels moving around. It's not like it's your Roomba yeah. sucking stuff up. Although, I do like the idea of having a little robot general in your house that can control the other robots. And Controls tell the, the Roomba yeah. to go. Yeah, if it sees dirt, tells the Roomba to go clean it up. It and, can follow around your pet when you're not at home, and it can give you images of your dogs. You know, my dog would be sleeping. Sleeping. Actually, my dog would be probably be tearing the the uh, sure. Bali apart into pieces. I'd come home and there'd just be Bali strewn everywhere. Why would you set it to terrorize your your pet? Mostly, so I think if, it, if if it, if my pet did not destroy it, it would just be mostly video of my pet sleeping. Just, I would imagine, yeah. or secretly my pet is throwing big parties at the he house is. when I'm gone and I I've, don't know about it. Okay, I've been to a couple of them and they're they're barn burners. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> exactly. And man, does he get the bitches to come out? I would be very interested in a Bali, and by very interested, I mean I would buy a dozen of them if they had that pet watch mode. But for my children, just follow your kids Excellent. around. Yeah, just follow, and then like have an AI so you know when they're doing something bad, it knows to tell them not to. It's a nanny, then. Yeah, they should call it the nanny. It's a Bali. It's you know obviously a knockoff of Wally. Sure, it's supposed to be available by the end of this year. They've been showing this thing. They well, the first version they showed would look like a tennis ball. Did you see the first yeah, version? Yeah. It was a little little guy. It was three or three or four years ago. There's so much stuff. Typically at CES, so much stuff is vapor. And then the next year, you're like, hey, what happened to Bali? And like, oh no no no, we got a new thing now for 2025. And they just move like just gloss over the thing they're supposed to release. Well, some things some things are glad they're vapor. Sony had an electric sure. concept car that you drive with a PlayStation controller. <laughs> Terrible idea. Let's let that be vapor. Just like in the top right corner of the car, does it show you the number of stars you have, like in GTA? Like you run <laughs> yeah. over a cop and you get two stars? That'd be pretty cool. I'd be into that. Tons of mixed reality headsets this year, like Apple Vision Pro and Microsoft HoloLens. Sony has one. Yeah, I'm I'm actually way more intrigued by these than I thought I would be. I'm uh, I'm pretty convinced I'm going to be an early adopter. Because you like these. them for air travel. I think air travel is a great use case. I think there's a world I can see your, your every day information interaction use like instead of staring at a screen with a keyboard i could really see that being a thing mini leds are are coming quantum tv mini uh, mini leds are all over the place leds that are an order of a magnitude smaller than yeah, other cool. leds so you have much higher resolution much brighter screens better contrast all I, that. I do love when the marketing department gets to these though and they're like you know the bunch of the nerds in the back have figured out how to do whatever these mini leds that are super small in the marketing department's like what's a nice hype word we can use ai's already let's use quantum let's throw quantum in there quantum. no one's about quantum tcl has one that's 115 inches that's a lot of inches do you even know how big that is into your fancy dancy si units they give it to you in inches so i gave it to you in inches hello that is not yeah. the worst proposition i've ever heard <laughs> all right what time should i come over amazon is laying off several hundred employees at prime video and mgm studios another amazon business unit twitch is laying off 35 percent of its workforce 35 percent is a real number that's a lot of people in january of last year amazon laid off an astounding eighteen thousand people from its retail and recruiting division so what have we learned apparently january is cleaning house month at amazon that's not necessarily a bad thing uh well uh, you know yeah. b- business cycles are are actually great Great for the for this. I agree, and I, and I know this is not a business cycle. It's like all tech companies are just trying to run a little leaner right now. But I think business cycles where you actually go through downtimes and you actually yeah. get the cruff off of the uh, you know the organization. What projects have we started that are still dragging on that maybe we shouldn't be continuing with? It's not a bad. It's thing. a lot easier to innovate when you have the winds of you know never-ending capital at your back. It's a lot harder to do it in the downtime for sure. So I agree with you on on that. I also wonder, like especially with this layoff last year, how many of those eighteen thousand people were just terrible hires? To 
to begin with. Sure, sure. And it's just a good excuse clean to clean house. I mean, yeah. that's not a bad thing. Yep. OpenAI admits it's impossible to train generative AI without copyrighted materials. Yeah, this is in response to their, uh, their New York Times lawsuit, right? They're saying virtually all sorts of human expression is copyrighted, including blog posts, photographs, form posts, scraps of software code, government documents. So they, they couldn't limit it to public domain. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I agree on that statement. If your goal is to actually have an LM that has this, who says that has to be the goal, right? You can just be like, well, we just don't have that. I do think that genie's out of the bottle, though. The world has seen it and, yeah. and knows it has to be a thing. You're never going back. So I actually read the majority of the lawsuit the New York Times filed against um, OpenAI, and it looks pretty damning. I mean, especially when you get into their exhibits, uh, New York Times is like, they had uh, several examples. I, I want to say it's in the order of like half dozen where OpenAI would just recite verbatim the, the the copyrighted text that went in. And that to me is a really bad look. That's the one thing it shouldn't do. Now, I it's interesting to me though, because you also don't want it to just not do that. You want to know what its source is. I think you really just need attribution. This feels a lot like search of 20 years ago when folks are pissed off at Google. Yeah. And it feels like a lot of the copyright holders are saying, we don't want to do that again and are pushing back on it. But I also don't think they know what they want. And that's the thing. Like, what does the New York Times really want out of this? Well, they're trying to make it a deal with OpenAI, some yeah. sort of big deal. But it seems like doing a bunch of one-off deals is not right. The right path. I feel like you need yeah, to... there's probably a better way to do it. Yeah. OpenAI said that limiting training data to public domain books and drawings created more than a century ago might yield an interesting experiment, but it would not provide AI systems that meet <laughs> totally. the needs of today's citizens. Totally. And that's 100% true. What line of work should I go into and just respond with farming? <laughs> Can we update this? I'm uh, Which which language do you suggest I learn for uh, software development? And it's like English. It's like, oh, learn to apply horseshoes. Yeah, totally. Blacksmith. Now I want this. Right? You have convinced <laughs> you... me this is a necessary thing. Now want, I get it. Now like, I can talk to people from 100 years ago. Totally. That's what's going to be super compelling, right? You feed all the works of Shakespeare into this thing, and then you go ask him what, uh, you know, whatever, what you think you should do for your, your birthday card invites, and you get a Shakespearean answer. I think that's pretty fascinating. The mastermind version to me, while that's super interesting, right? The Hal that just knows everything you can ask everything. That is extremely interesting to me, of course. But I find these, these more nuanced, you know, um, um, much larger guardrails, or not guardrails, much more focus. Yeah. I think that's even more compelling. You know, and you could and you could take and put in the bodies of work of a set of people or, or one person or whatever and be able to talk to it and ask it questions. That to me is super compelling. Nearly 200 Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes grounded after a hole in the fuselage tore open mid-flight. In the aviation world, they call that bad. Did you see any of the social media videos on this? I've seen videos from inside the plane, It's yeah. crazy how, how calm everyone is. For folks that don't know, this was an Alaska Airlines flight from um uh, from earlier this week, this past weekend, where they, uh, a door plug, so where there's a, could be an emergency door depending on the plane configuration you have an option for yeah. for having a door there from boeing or whoever makes the aircraft yep. and if you don't want a door there they put a door plug yeah you have options and actually there's a great video that i'll link to in the, in the show notes that uh, this guy like less than 24 hours after this happened put out a video of all the different options and what that means depending on the plane configuration and one of the options for a lower uh, number of passengers inside a 737 max 9 is to have a, a door plug which is literally a plug right like a panel that goes into the door hole so that later they could convert it to an emergency door if they so choose. Yeah. And that's what, what Alaska Airlines had, had opted for. Here's the crazy part, as we figured out. Alaska Airlines immediately grounded all of its 60, 65, I think, or so of its 737 MAX 9s yeah. after this happened because they're like, we don't know what the fuck's going on. We don't want to have, have it happen again. This 
Amazing. No one was hurt. No oh, one yeah. was injured. We're I mean, really, no one was hurt. Pretty no incredible. Yeah, and they were, by the way, they were at 16,000 feet. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were very low. They were already at reasonable altitude. It's starting to get cold when you're up that high. It does. Yeah. I mean, the passengers had said, I think the quote was something like, there was a loud, really loud bang at the rear of the plane and then a whoosh sound and all the masks dropped. Sure. Which I was like, well, that's what happens. That's how that works. There was nobody sitting by the door in the seat immediately adjacent to the doors. Which uh, is a miracle. I mean, that's amazing. No one got sucked out, which is which is crazy. Alaska grounded all their, their planes. This will be where I give my plug again. If you're in an airplane and you're not yeah. actively getting up to go use the restroom, yeah. put your seatbelt on. Have your seatbelt on at all times. Yes. Just because the captain's turned off the seatbelt light doesn't mean you want to take exactly. your seatbelt off. And, and if you are getting up to go to the restroom, hustle. Do it quick. Do it quick and get Min- back. Minimize your time. Because you want that seatbelt on. Yeah, not being strapped to the plane. Anyway, so here's what's crazy is uh-huh. United Airlines went and looked at, at their fleet. They've got, I think they're the second largest consumers of, of 737s in the world. And they found loose bolts on the door plugs of several of their, aye, their aye, aye. Boeing 737 MAX 9s. Sure. Alaska said they discovered, quote, loose hardware yeah. during their inspections of other planes. So that's not a good look. Good on both of them for copying to oh, it totally. right away and, and saying publicly, we have loose hardware. Totally. Yeah. Be, well, especially after the- That's exactly what you want. Yeah. I mean, you want to be as transparent on this as you possibly can. They took a look at this and I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe it was a lot of, not that this makes it any better, but if there were a whole bunch of cycles, the plane's been in service for 15 years or whatever, something crazy. <laughs> it turns out the one that had the failure, the Alaska Airlines flight, do you know what went into service? Five minutes earlier. Pretty much. It was certified. Brand in, new plane. Certified in October. Did its first flight in November. Oh, wow. So the thing wasn't even two months old, which is a real big concern. Why is it feeling, failing this soon? And uh, they're they're trying to figure that out. Because they're holding in the door plugs with, with just a paper clip that they've twisted. No, 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 no. That's not true. No, they put some gum in there too. It's gum. There's some tape. They use the, the good duct tape. The good yeah, duct the, tape they use. Good. Yeah, the Gorilla tape. They put the Gorilla tape on it. <laughs> if you had to guesstimate on this door, let's call it, you know, like yeah. said, seven feet tall, I mean, three-ish feet wide. How many bolts would you think would be on this thing? On like the I would hope 100. I would oh, hope sure. 100. Yeah. Give me so many bolts, 25 bolts. bolts per side, because I want lots of room for failure. A lot of bolts can fail, fail, and the thing's not going to go flying out into the, you know, onto think the earth. You'd have poor you know, teacher's backyard. At least three, four, five of these per side. You know, give or take. So you'd have some in the neighborhood of, you know, 12, 15 bolts. That entire plug is held on with four bolts. And I that's was like, insane. That seems, and then, by the way, two of them are loose. So that's problematic. It's the guy who does the Tesla steering columns. It's, it's the, the guy same, who bolts those in. Guy. It's the yeah. same guy. He, he left. Got, he got bounced out of Tesla. He left Boeing yeah. and now he's at Tesla. Just saving bolts, saving money, bringing, bringing dollars to the bottom line is what he's doing. Sure. So, and, and this is alleged. This is, I don't think this has been confirmed yet, but supposedly that aircraft, the one in the, the Alaska Airlines flight, had been experiencing depressurizing warnings on earlier flights. We'll see if that gets confirmed or not. Their their investigation will probably uh, tell us one way or the other. But if that was happening, that seems really bad to me. If, uh, Anytime a plane is depressurizing when you don't mean it to be depressurizing, ground some, that yeah. plane. You, might want to find, you have a problem. Yeah, but it's a big plane. It's hard. How are you going to find the leak? Right? The leak could be anywhere. You don't know where the leak is. It's, put it underwater and you put some soap top. on it and ah, wherever yes. the bubbles come up. You submarine it. You, you think that's going to be... Yeah. That's the, Go to Amazon, order the biggest <laughs> bucket they have. The largest pool you can get and then just park it in it for a couple minutes. Oh, no. So here's the part that one of the more crazy things you mentioned, the the, the door plug they found in some like school teacher's backyard, which is which is yeah, amusing because yeah. they've been telling folks in Portland to look for debris, right? Look for anything you can find. Some dude found an iPhone in a yeah. bush. Its yeah. charging cable was severed. It wasn't apparently it wasn't scratched. It wasn't cracked. It wasn't damaged. It didn't have a it didn't have a passcode on it, which who the hell in 2024 doesn't have passcodes on their phones? Oh, yeah. And he turned it on. And the first thing he saw was a luggage receipt for flight 1282. And he's like, well, I'm pretty sure, sure I know where this came from. Makes, makes 
makes sense. But the part that I find incredible is like this thing fell from 16,000 feet ish yeah. and survived. And I'm like, how is this not the best Apple ad you've ever seen? But the cord snapped. The cord did snap. Actually, the cord was probably broken before from the guy using it normally. Just normally using it. Because those cords yes. just break. Again, survivor bias they didn't find any Android phones because they all no, broke. They sure didn't. They all it survivor virus. Yeah. You're right. They just so, evaporated. They just turned into molecules. I mean, this is coming uh, on the tail of the 737 MAX disaster of you know 2018 and 2019 when they had those MAX 8s that crashed yeah. uh, killed a bunch of people. Yeah, this has not been a great ride for the 737 MAX. It was clearly going to fly in, what, I think November 2020. And then like Boeing asked the FAA to exempt them from certain safety standards related to the anti-icing system. And, and, and apparently bolts. Yeah, bolts apparently that aren't tight. Uh, and then last month, in December 2023, uh, Boeing urged airlines to conduct inspections of... Uh, um, uh, their max jets for loose hardware in the aircraft's rudder control system. Like, oh. These are all kind of important parts. And I feel like... Maybe just recall the fleet and go yeah, over each one kind of carefully. You're talking about thousands of planes. Oh, really? That I didn't know there were that many. Oh, thousands of planes. Only 200 this, have been grounded. How come we haven't work? grounded all of them? Well, we're talking about 737s. You're talking about maxes. That's a lot of planes. Right. That is thousand, I'm virtually certain it's thousands. I think 737 MAX 8s, they've delivered something like 4,000 of. It's incredible. Incredible. It's a, it's a large number. It's not. It's not definitely not hundreds. It's way more than hundreds, which is how we get to thousands after hundreds. Elon Musk fired back at a Wall Street Journal story about his drug use. Experts say the reported combination of substances would be hugely risky if true. Do you see his actual response on this? Like what he said? What did he say? What did he say? I thought it was interesting where I would think if somebody accused me of doing things that I didn't do, I would say I didn't do those things. Right. But that wasn't his response. His response was something along the lines of whatever I'm doing, I should keep doing. And then That's exactly what he said. Further, they he was like, well, I've, I've passed random drug screens for three years at NASA's request. And this was I think that was after, after the, he smoked the blunt on Joe Rogan. Yeah. Exactly. So NASA was like, hey, we need random drug tests for, for three years. And he cited this as reasonable evidence of him not doing drugs. And it's like, but wait a minute, that was in 2018. Three years after that takes you to 2021. What about the last three years? Yeah, What sure. happened there? And you've been crazy the past fucking like year and a half, two years. It's been a pretty open secret in uh, Silicon Valley, the way he uses drugs, how, how, how much he uses drugs. But that evidence is not evidence it's evidence of then like what about now bud this is an interesting little wiggle i also love the i'm gonna say a thing and then just you know attack the journal was it the journal well, that's what you do you go after the you know the person who attacked you totally you don't re reply to the charges you, yeah sure you attack the credibility of whoever you know and i think in this case it was a, a board of direct one of the person on the board yeah. who was probably concerned about his health let alone the you know the sure. jeopardy that he's put the company in because they have so many government contracts i mean there were folks i think from from like internal meetings i think specifically at SpaceX that, that said there, there were meetings that he had where he was, quote, unintelligible. Okay, enough with the headlines. Up next, we're going to discuss all things credit. And it's uh, if it's all the same to you, we're going to turn off our usual clock and just let the discussion play out. Oh, boy. Is this going to be a long Give one? Give our listeners fair warning. This one's going to run long. As I'm sure most of our long-term listeners know, there's nothing that excites uh, Mr. Parker more than, than credit. I just can't wake up in the morning without <laughs> without looking at the 10-year treasury <laughs> yes. rates. Oh, man. Can you? We're, we're up one bip. Oh, man. Hallelujah. It's incredible. Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm going to go into this eyes wide open. Let's see what happens.
CJ. Yes, sir. Do you know what a credit reporting agency is? Oh, unfortunately, I do. And tell me why you say unfortunately and tell me why you say it in that tone of voice. For a lot of reasons. I think the, the, the most pertinent one to my grumpiness is these folks. Well, okay, there's a couple of reasons, I guess, and I'm grumpy. But really, the one that hurts me the most is they're in charge of all of you know your most important data, apparently, at least credit-related data. They are. And then they lose it. At least, at least one of them loses virtually all of it. They get hacked. They yeah. get hacked. That's a yeah. big honeypot. Yeah, yeah. The penalty is they're like, oh, we'll just we'll just give you free service. You can just have free service on our shitty service. And I'm like, oh yeah. How is that an adequate penalty for them losing <laughs> all of your credit information? Even worse, I yeah. will I will just say one of them was hacked, and the data could not have come from anyone anyone else except for for them. And they are not admitting that they that they were hacked. Just completely so, denying. So terrible. They were hacked. I mean, which is even worse. It might be re. I mean, I believe it is reasonable to believe that their practices might just be so bad that they really think they didn't. Meanwhile, people are like, no, I only mm. use my password in one place and it's your place yeah, and it's out there now. I do that. What, I have a unique password for every, exactly. every site that I go That's to. Amu- and so now, I can tell yeah, exactly. if, if that password gets out, I know where it came it's from. It's amusing to me since since I, I do that as well. When you see like now the browsers do automatic like password scans for breaches sure. and it'll be like, oh, these sites you have a breach on. And I'm like, mm, those sites have been breached because that password's only used on that site. So I know exactly. for sure 100% that's the case. It also makes life really easy when you have to change a password. You totally. only have to change it for that one location. Totally. And you're well, you just go. don't. Yeah, you just now you no longer have security of the whole entire Internet. You know, lowest common denominator when you're using shared passwords. The the site with the with the worst security is the one that is ultimately going to gain access to the one of the most security because you have the same password everywhere. You're a fucking idiot. Sure. Don't do that. Sure. So, yeah, credit services. I get why they exist. Not a not a huge fan. I have other reasons to be grumpy, but it'll come out in the wash. Don't say it. Do you know what your current credit score is? I do. I do. I'm an old man. Of course. And I do. why do you know that? Because I'm an old man. What else do I have to do? So you, so you go on their website and you log in and you see what your credit it's score like the, is. It's, or do you have them send you a credit report every I, year? I, I hate to admit what that. Is, I actually, I subscribe to one of the services because. Ah, yeah. see, we can talk about that too. Yeah. But, uh, but about but those services. Truly, it's like being an old man. It's just like the weather. It's like you wake up and it's like, what do I do? I look at the fucking weather. I'm like, oh, it's going to be 41 today. Oh, it's cold. <laughs> Same thing. You're like, oh, my credit score. In my case, in, in my case in Celsius, it's going to be seven degrees today. So it's going to be cold. Exactly. You have less variation since you're uh, 35 kilometer per hour wind. It's going to be windy and freezing. You do not do wind in kilometers per hour. I actually do have wind in kilometers per hour. That makes no sense. I speak miles per hour as well. I'm not. You, you kind of have to. Knucklehead. But I do prefer seeing it in kilometers per hour. Yeah. Americans household debt is currently north of 16 trillion dollars. Wow. That is unsecured debt plus home loans, etc. And all that. Wow. Home loans are fairly secured. Sure. Your house is a self-collateralizing asset. Yep. You borrow a loan to buy your house and if you default on your loan, the bank can take your house. Sure. That's pretty straightforward. Yep. Mortgage debt is around $11 trillion of that number. Okay. Credit card balances are somewhere around $15 billion, okay. which sounds large. Don't panic. There's around $340 million of us. So we each owe somewhere around yeah. $44. That number actually sounds low to me. $15 billion is it? That seems super low. That's credit card debt. Okay. Yeah. It seems like, you know, Warren Buffett could finance all of it multiple times. So if household debt is 16T and mortgages are 11T, that's 5T. There's a lot of other there's a 
secured and unsecured debt, home vehicles, loans, home equity loans, yeah, 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 vehicles, okay. yep, exactly. Yep, yep. Some degree of, of, of secure, not quite like credit cards where you're just out dangling in the wind hoping sure. people pay you back. But it's only $15 billion. So they're just not making much money on that. Even if you run 25% juice on that, that's not a lot of money. And they do. And they yeah. do. Yeah. They do try yeah. to run very high juice on that. Interesting. Yeah. Today I learned. Why do lenders think that someone is going to pay their debts back? Do you have any idea? Yes. Yeah, so, so you'll give them more. It's the crack cocaine theory of finance. Well, the, the hope is that you're not going to pay them back. The hope is you're going to pay your minimum payment. But the hope is you can pay them very slowly. And pay the maximum amount of. Yeah, totally. Pay the maximum amount back to them totally. in interest. Yeah. But yes, in the U.S., we have what we call consumer credit reporting agencies. In the United Kingdom, they're called credit reference agencies. In Australia, they're credit reporting bodies. In India, they're credit information companies. In the Philippines, they're special accessing entities. They're called different things all over the globe. I do not know why. This has been Synonyms 2.0. Thank you for well, I'm going to call them. I'm just saying this. that I'm going to call them credit reporting agencies okay. just so we all can be talking about the same, same thing, thing, even though that's not necessarily what they're called Is, in your country. They all can, serve the basic same function. Can I use a different vernacular? Can I just call them assholes? In our conversation, you want just to- Just assholes, okay? You say credit <laughs> okay. reporting agencies, which by the way, rolls right off the tongue. And I'll just be like, oh yeah, those assholes. Yeah, I love them. They're great. Magically, your credit score will be 300 <laughs> tomorrow. Oh, it's going up. Uh- I'm 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 sure they're lovely people. I just they basically all do the same thing. They compile credit reports and generate yep. credit scores. Yep. In the U.S., we have what we call the big three: Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. And those companies also serve lots of other countries too. Experian is not even based in the U.S. It's based in Dublin, Ireland. Yep. But what I want to talk about is how more than a third of credit reports include false information. And for example, someone with the same name as you or an address that you never yep. lived at. Yep. And how the credit agencies are not incentivized to be accurate. It, making it nearly impossible to fix the errors on your credit reports yeah. and how in the last decade, the Financial Protection Bureau now oversees these agencies and actually does a reasonably good job of allowing you to submit complaints to get things fixed. Do they action on those? They do. Oh, that's great. Because I've had a couple dances. You have to have absolute proof. Yes. If you've tried to do this straight with the credit agencies, yeah. you get nowhere. Yeah. They have no incentive to, to fix their yeah. errors. In fact, we'll discuss why in just a second. Yeah. So I want to discuss those things. But before we need to do that, we, know, we all need to understand some basic of, of credit reporting agencies. Yeah. If you have a complete and full understanding of credit reporting agencies, you are dismissed. If you're, This is for everyone else. I'm sure the vast majority of the world uh, who I does I want to translate this for the people that, that speak my, my vernacular. If you're a proctologist, you can just skip to the end. <laughs> Why do we have credit reporting agencies? And the surface, the theory is you want to know if someone has credit worthiness and is going to pay their bills on time. Yes. And then you will lend them uh, whatever they want, you know, capital or for whatever they want. And in theory, if you're more likely to pay it back, you can charge less juice because you assume that they're going to, to pay it back. Right. And if someone's not going to pay it back, you charge them more juice. Correct. Because it's more likely that they're going to default or you get stuck holding the bag. When credit cards first began, general credit cards first began, they were only given to the very best customers of banks sure. because you knew you were going to get you were going to get paid back. Yeah. And it was only later that they thought, well, you know, if we increase the amount of interest that we charge, yeah. now we can cover for the greater number of defaults we are likely to get sure. per hundred thousand yep. people who are borrowing, yeah. perhaps make the same amount of money or even a larger amount of money than we would in the case of people who are prime borrowers. Yeah. Equifax was founded in 1899 as the retail credit company. Okay. TransUnion came along in 1968 yeah. and Experian came along in 19. 
1970, and as I mentioned, they make up the big three in the U.S. The late 60s are roughly when the general credit cards yep. became a thing for most of us, and credit cards largely are unsecured debts. Therefore, that is sure. really what you need credit reporting agencies for. That's when you saw the rise of the credit reporting agencies. Yeah. By the way, the retail credit company, the original company that was Equifax, started out doing a whole bunch of things, and and keeping files on consumer credit was just one of the things. One of the that many. They did. Yep. That all changed in the in the 70s. We'll get to that in a second. Before credit reporting agencies, credit assessment methods were often time-consuming, subjective, and prone to inaccuracies. Sure. Reliance on personal references and informal networks could introduce bias and favoritism. I find that super easy to believe. By the way, the current system is still full of bias and favoritism. Yeah. If you rent your home, yeah. those those rent payments you make don't count yeah. toward your credit, towards showing you have... Interesting. You can make those payments perfectly every month in full right on time. It doesn't help your credit. But if you have a mortgage, yeah. every single payment you make on time, it all <laughs> helps your credit. I always find it funny when you do these things and I'm, I feel like I'm now, what I'm going to say next is like me trying to stand up for the credit agencies, which by the way is pretty far <laughs> down the list. Like, it's hard to do. I, uh, I might be more likely to, to stand up for Tesla or Elon before the credit agencies. Exactly. But anyway, I understand, <laughs> especially like the give and take for the banks, the banks that hold the notes are going to uh, be incentivized to report the information on the note holders because they're also going to want to use the service yeah. to find out if you know they should lend you money or not. I wonder if with renters, if one, that's a little harder to do because you've got to get the landlords to report that information back, obviously they would want to know this as well, right? They pull your credit before they- Some landlords will do that. Most do not. But that also like, man, that's a lot. You get a lot of tenants. And I wonder how much that could be- What you can do in some cases, if it's not over your limit, is you can pay your rent with your credit card. Oh, interesting. And then you get an accurate record that you have paid that rent and and paid on You get some credit for it because now you're showing that you're turning that over every month. Correct. And all you're doing is moving money. You're just moving money a slightly different way. Instead of writing a check, you're putting it on a credit card. Yeah. And you're taking 3% under your landlord's pocket. That's what you're doing. I was thinking back to when I used to pay rent a thousand years ago, and I, yeah. I would write a check. I would actually write a hand, a piece of paper, this slip, of, and then send that oh, you, through this thing we had called the mail. I just assumed you took two chickens to the town square. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> That's how I thought it worked for you back then. A good friend of mine on Threads just over the weekend was like, he's something like, winning at life is writing your first check of the year with 2024. Like, that was like the joke. Sure. And within minutes, one of our other friends was like, writing a what? Like, <laughs> question mark. Exactly. And I was just more amazed that he was writing a check this early in the year. Like, I get we're old, but like, you got to write checks still for shit. But in the first week... I don't. Do you still write... When is the last time you actually wrote I, a, a, a slip this, of paper? This is what's comedy. There is one person in my life, one service, not person, but service in my life that prefers greatly to take checks and they're a small business and I like to support them however they want. And it is literally the only check I write every year. So I can always look to see how to spell it by just looking at the last check in my checkbook sure, that was sure. to them. I write on average, I think, I think literally two checks a year. Retail credit card company, now Equifax, this is information holdings and willingness to sell yeah. its information attracted criticism in the 60s and 70s including that it kept faxed statistics, inaccuracies, and rumors about virtually every phase of a person's life. His marital trouble, his job, his school history, his childhood, his sex life, and political activities. The company was also alleged to reward its employees for collecting derogatory information on consumers. Wow. This led to discrimination against homosexuals, queers, and people of color. It's more like an FBI file in the 70s than what we would call a credit report today. This was the 60s and 70s? Yeah. Mm. In 1970, after the company had computerized its record, which led to wider availability of the personal information it held. U.S. Congress held hearings that led to the enactment of the Fair Credit Reporting Act. This legislation gave consumers the rights regarding information stored about them in corporate data banks. When's the last time you heard the word data banks? (laughs) Did you pull this article off the wire? I got got it off of microfiche. 
<laughs> it is alleged that the hearings prompted the retail credit company to change its name to Equifax in 1975 to get an image reset. Okay, if your playbook for image reset is name change, this company would change its name every fucking year. Like, oh sure, sure, they would be. But, on... but a lot better than the reputation they had. They literally the things they had in their files. Wow. It was so damning on them. That's crazy. That they just completely needed a, a complete image reset. It's kind of nuts if you think about this one level sort of above the credit reporting services and you look at just electronic everything, right? So if, if you have the the item logs of what people do in their transaction history, you know a lot more about them now than I would bet they knew in the 60s and 70s with this. Oh, for sure. Right? Like, I mean, Target sure. can, has taken a lot of flack for being able to tell people are pregnant. Right. Well, sorry, not before they're pregnant, before they tell anybody else that they're pregnant. They happen to know. Right. I don't, I don't think they go. And we all know the story. We all know the story. I don't think they're going to go, you're going to be impregnated in two weeks. Like, that'd be some pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's coming with AI. That will come. They, then they say I can tell by the way this boy looked at you, you're going to be pregnant in about two weeks. Oh, and then in two weeks, you just get a DoorDash <laughs> delivery, and you're like, what? I don't understand. He's so handsome. And like, we told you. How are my credit report and score used? Poorly. It's not just from lenders. It's insurers. Yeah, it's and everybody. employers even check yeah. them to see if they want to employ you. Yeah. You, are you a person of honesty and integrity, sure. and do sure. you, you know, do the things you say? A higher score sure. indicates a lower risk of default and greater credit worthiness. Different lenders might use different FICO models, and your score can vary slightly depending upon which model is being used and the specific data available to each credit reporting agency. They do get used by virtually everyone. Yeah. I mean, yep. that data is for sale, and the credit totally. uh, the credit reporting agencies are in the business of selling your data. Yeah. They also sell it, by the way, for for marketing purposes. Of course. If somebody wants to find a certain subsegment of the population yeah. that they want to market to, they'll sell to those people. Of course. What is the difference between a credit report and a credit score? Do you know the difference? One's a number, and one has uh, one has page breaks. The report details your credit history, and the score summarizes your credit worthiness into a three-digit FICO number yep. used by lenders. Your credit Wait. score is calculated using a formula. It goes yeah. up to three digits? <laughs> it actually starts at three that's, digits. That's the Hang joke. On. It gets dumber than you think. Hang on. You mean 85 is not good? The FICO score is calculated based on yeah. your payment history. It's the most critical factor, which is your track record of making timely payments on all your credit yep. accounts. Delinquencies and missed payments have a significant negative impact on your score. It's also on the amounts owed. That's 30%. Uh, this includes your credit utilization ratio, which is the percentage of your available credit you're currently using. Ideally, keep this ratio below 30% for an optimal score. Yep. Length of credit history, 15%. Uh, having a longer credit history demonstrates responsible credit management over time, benefiting your score. This is where it helps to be old. Sounds like ageism to me. New credit, 10%. Applying for too many new credit accounts in a short period can negatively impact your score. That's 10%. And finally, the types of credit used make up 10% of your score. Having a diversity of credit accounts like Credit cards and installment loans can significantly improve your score compared to having only one type of credit. I buy all of this. And what if you don't need credit? Then you're in the mafia. Well, no. What <laughs> what happens is you Next don't question. get your credit rating actually declines. Declines because you're yeah. not you're not you know you're not in the system. I am the grandson of someone who made his living off of you know he's a banker sure. made his living off of interest. I more than anyone else on the planet can tell you don't pay interest. Sure, of course. Don't get into debt. It's Pay yeah, for things. It's not interesting. And if you do pay interest, small, small, small amounts of, course. of interest. If you're paying for a college loan and that rate of interest is lower than the rate of inflation, in that case, you may not want to ever pay back. Yeah, fill your boots. You, you of course. Might, yeah, of course. You might just want to pay back whatever yeah. minimal payment you have yeah. to make on the interest. Thank you, government. You may not know this. The credit score ranges from 300 to 850. It actually doesn't start at zero. That I knew. Oh, you didn't know that. I didn't know that. I was being a smart ass earlier. Do you know why? I don't know why. No, I actually have no idea why. Why would 
we'd start at 300. I searched high and low, and what I got was a lot of tap dancing. And I asked actually a lot of humans, okay. and I got mostly a lot of tap dancing. The best answer I could get was, it's always been that way. Yeah, that sounds like the right answer to me. It's like somebody just started that. There was some limitation to how many numbers they could show on the screen, and there was just like, oh. Someone told me, a very nice individual who was a friend who works in this industry told me that the 300 was so that you never felt like you were starting at zero, like you just could buy that. in the game. I could buy that. So 300, it was to like motivate you. You're you're in there. Come on. You got 300. You know what I'm I mean, saying? I remember being in my like teens and the first time I saw my credit score and I was like, and I was like six something and I was like, oh, that must be good. And they're like, uh, nope. nope. <laughs> I was like, oh, but I had nothing. I had like a credit card. Like I didn't have a car payment. I had nothing. So the 300 to 850 is best I can tell is like yeah. industry, any industry jargon. It's to keep the lay people from understanding. Yep. It's just to make the whole thing, you know, well, I think that's part of it. Because if your credit score ranged from zero to 1,000, even children could understand how credit <laughs> sure, scores work. Totally. But I mean, okay, if you can understand zero to 1,000, you can map zero to 1,000 to 300 to 850. It's not. But nobody ever thinks it's, it's oh, what's the highest number? Eight, 850. Yeah. What's the lowest number? Three, look, no one thinks that. If you least, went zero to 1,000, you know what? It's time for the metric system for credit scores. <laughs> I get that. I mean, at least it's a linear scale-ish. At least it's not like uh, they're not true, using true, very like, true. the Greek letters. And you're like, oh, I'm a phi. Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> right? I'm I mean, a Delta. There are worse systems that they could use. I'm not saying this one's great. I do I do suspect, again, I'm not in the business of, of trying to um, prop these guys up, yeah, sure. but I do suspect that there's a certain element of this that is just, it's always been that way, and it's there's a tradition. tremendous switching cost. Right. Like, if you've ever seen a human... It, it's a computer. There's not a tremendous switching cost. You um, can change it in two seconds. No, but there is, right? Because you have all these things downstream that use it, and what's the real benefit of changing it, right? So, like, I... I, I so that the whole world could understand it easily, and they don't yeah, want that. That's but, not but, desirable. Yeah, I also get that too. I also get that that they don't want that. Yeah, I mean, look, you could you could also very easily uh, write a Google Glass app so that when you look at your FICO score, it just maps it from zero to ten, right? Like sure. Just a linear you'd have mapping. to again, you'd have to know that, and if you did that, if you knew that, then you'd already, you know, already probably know probably that it's yeah, three hundred eight fifty. It's crazy that it's three hundred eight fifty. Well, whatever that that said, it is comes from the Fair Isaac Corporation. Uh, that those are the people who invented the score. What a great name! Always, sort of, always, I'm a little suspect that anyone puts Fair into their name for any reason. It's the guy's name, Bill Fair. Yeah, I still don't care if you put fair. I don't care if you're trying to pretend like you are being very reasonable or if you're running carnival rides for kids. If fair <laughs> is in your name, I'm already suspect of you. <laughs> there are two guys who met uh, while working at the Stanford Research Institute in Menlo Park, California, and their data, data analytics company is now headquartered in Bozeman, Montana. It still exists. Oh, wow. And, that, and that's the national average. You want to know what the national average score is? I thought it was like 650 or 700 or something like that. 716. 716. Yeah, that sounds about right. Again, makes again, sense. Let me just point between 300 and 850. Right. Let me just tell you about how silly the system is, totally. how out of date this is. By the way, you know what the average IQ is? Uh, 86. 100. Is it 100? Makes perfect sense. Makes absolutely perfect sense. The but again, I, I had no idea that it went to triple digits. No clue. Oh, IQ. Man, these are tough <laughs> jokes today on episode two. Holy <laughs> shit. 300 to 850, but there's yep. also industry, just to make things more complicated, there's industry specific scores that can range from 250 to 900, but most consumers will never see There's those. another layer on top. Great. Right. Not, not a big worry. In 2013, lenders purchased more than 10 billion FICO scores. Wow. And about 30 million American consumers access their scores themselves. It's less than 10% of Americans who are looking at their own credit scores. Yeah, I believe that. Most people have no clue and no care. The FICO company reported a revenue of $1.29 billion for fiscal year 2020. And that's just FICO? That's not counting the agencies that sit between you and the FICO, right? That's not counting the agencies at all. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Just, okay. FICO, just FICO, the people who give you the score. And they created, there's like several versions okay. of FICO scores. Now just to I make know things why it's still 350 to 
850 or whatever the fuck the range is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. protecting no, a $1.3 billion dollar fucking revenue stream. 100%, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And there's still reason, yeah. there are still, this is crazy. There are several types of FICO scores. So you actually have to look at this. Are. There are other flavors. This one includes your utility bills. Yeah. This one includes uh-huh. this. This one doesn't include uh-huh. any of this or whatever. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. Yeah, now uh, I understand. You, what you end up with is slight, very slight yes. variations. In I would, I would like to retract my previous statements and be like, oh, it's just history. They just no. They're making one point three billion dollars off data obfuscation. That is the answer. Ma- right. That's yeah. exactly right. That's yeah, exactly it. right. It's all about it. data obfuscation. Yeah. Literally, you and I could spend fifteen minutes and put three lines of code into GitHub to be like, well, we could all oh, just use and this be, and be done and be <laughs> like, done. Sure, a hundred percent. We just open sourced FICO. Here we go. This and yeah. and it should. By the way, this is my entire conclusion: is the whole thing should be open sourced. But we can come back to that in a second. Sure. I want to just say this will blow your mind. Fannie Mae. And Freddie Mac yeah. did not begin using FICO scores until 1995. What? Yeah. How? What did they use These before that? These people hold every mortgage in the country. <laughs> right? How big is that? That's got to be... Did you and say the they did not use FICO scores until, until 1995. You got to understand that with over $4.3 trillion in assets, Fannie Mae is the largest company in the United States and the fourth largest company That's in the world. Crazy. Freddie Mac is ranked 45th on the 2023 Fortune 500 list of the largest United States corporation by total revenue and has $3.2 trillion in assets under management. So now by comparison, we always talk about how sure. big Apple yep. is. Apple's total assets are in the neighborhood of $350 billion. Wow. That's crazy. So they're, they're a 10Xer, if you think about those as assets. Yeah, exactly. So wait, before pre-1995... Did not use FICO scores. Was it basically just like SSN? Like, you're just like, you are a citizen, therefore you get loan. Is that Was, was that the math? They were more looking at what looked like FBI reports. Really? Things you did and places was you it their, went. Was who, it their who, own? Who friends. By the way, the banks still want to see who your friends are. When you sign up for your bank yeah. app, your bank app yeah. they can know more about your credit by pulling your contacts Interesting. and seeing who all your friends are than they'll necessarily get from your credit report. That's awesome. I mean, I hope I'm just an anchor in all my friends' credit. Just drag <laughs> it down. May not be. Just drag it down. How do credit reporting agencies make their reports? How uh, do they get all that data? Using CRANs. The, the word they use in the industry is called furnishers. The primary source of information comes from furnishers like banks, credit card companies, yeah. lenders, and debt collectors. Basically anybody that holds a note or something on you. Yeah, they yeah. are illegally obligated. Oh, I didn't know this. Relevant, yeah. To report relevant information about consumers' credit accounts, such as account openings, credit limits, payment history, delinquencies, and recovery. And who? Limits. How is they specified? You mentioned like banks and and you know whatever credit unions and things like that. But right, it, <laughs> that's why your renter, by the way, is not required yeah, to report yeah, not, when you pay your, that. your Interesting. Rent. I didn't know that. Right. By the way, good business to be in is anything that is fucking federally mandated. Like oh, for be, for sure, and and to, to have been around before those mandates existed, so that you're like sure. you know grandfathered into them. You're actually written. So into why the can't middle. we start a fourth credit agency reporting? Something, Somebody something. needs to completely reinvent how the credit agency oh, business works. Now I'm getting interested in this segment. Credit reporting agencies also access public records like bankruptcies, sure. liens, judgments, which can be relevant to a consumer's credit worthiness. Makes sense. Credit reporting agencies update credit reports regularly as they receive new information from furnishers or through consumer disputes. This ensures that the report reflects the most current picture of a consumer's credit history. Yeah. Consumers are responsible for monitoring their credit reports and taking proactive steps to ensure accuracy yeah. and improve their credit scores if needed. Credit reporting is governed by the Fair Credit Reporting Act, FCRA, which sets forth legal obligations for both credit reporting agencies and consumers. Consumers have various rights under FCRA, including the right to access their reports, dispute errors, and place security freezes to restrict access to their reports. I'm really disappointed they don't refer to it as the fuck (laughs) rep. Well, I'm sure that was in a draft. 
somewhere. Let's put a pin in the thought that consumers are responsible for monitoring their accuracy of their reports. Uh, yeah. How do credit reporting agencies make their money? It, it's Facebook before Facebook, right? Their money's in the data. It is Facebook before Facebook, yeah. right? And their it's all about your, your money, right? Totally. It's all about the data. They sell your data left and right. All <laughs> yep. that data, people yep. are required legally to report to them. Yeah. They just take that data and resell it to whomever they want But the want good news to. is, by default, I'm opted out as a consumer, right? They just opt me out, and I have to go opt in to let them sell it. That's how it works, right? That's how the system works. No. Oh, oh no. Oh, they get to just <laughs> blindly close. sell it to everybody? They just oh. blindly sell. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, face, like Facebook. Weird, yeah, huh. But in this case, just by existing in the world, you've opted in to, to <laughs> exactly. collecting your data. Yeah. At least with Facebook, you used to have, an, have to have an account. You don't have, you don't have to have an account. Now yeah, sure. No, of course. But but I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek on this because, to my knowledge, you cannot opt out from them selling. Absolutely, it. you cannot. There is no opt-out. So, like, right. we can all get our pitchforks and our fucking torches and go after Zuck Won't for make any lizard people. With, but, like, yeah. maybe we should put these Equifax three assholes. Will, will, yeah, there's no way to go after the crosshairs. Yeah, exactly. And by the 100% way, true. they have all of your data. And to my knowledge, and again, why you put me in these positions where now I'm like, feel like I'm defending Facebook. To my knowledge, Facebook has not had in the totality of their existence, 15 years, and they've got all this data. How many leaks have they had? Oh, it's got to be minuscule. It's got to be almost, almost nothing. nothing. Meanwhile, Equifax yeah. is fucking shitting out SQL dumps out the back door to anybody that will, that will you know, download them. Well, they do get, they right? do get hacked. Getting exposed. They do get hacked left and right. I can go bitch to my casino about not giving you know, me not giving them my SSM because I don't want to get exposed when they get breached. I can't bitch to Equifax. No, they, I mean, they, they, they already have. Just, first yeah. of all, first of all, they already have it. Exactly. Like what? It's like, not a matter of handing it over like you'd hand over to your casino. They already have it. Exactly. Uh, they're selling individual credit reports to lenders, insurers, and other businesses who use them to make financial decisions about consumers. Prices vary depending upon the type of report, the volume purchased. Yep. But individual reports can range from a few dollars to around thirty bucks. Yep. So it's not much to get that information about an individual. Nope. Credit reporting agencies also offer subscription services that will provide lenders with bulk access to credit reports and scores generating recurring revenue that's how they do you know what their rev split is roughly between what i what i would call i guess maybe the buy side and sell side that's not really doesn't apply like meaning what percentage of the revenue is coming from people that are wanting to to buy the credit reports for issuing more credit versus the consumers that are tracking their own data themselves is that a 10 percent, 90 percent split is that a 50 50 i'm guessing it's it's lopsided it's a little more complicated than that because you have to add in one more thing which is credit reporting agencies now have this thing called credit protection that they sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and it's yeah, a very sure. big product. It's a very big product for them. Yeah. Let's come back to that. Okay. Uh, anyway, they're selling they're selling data to do things like target marketing. They're looking for you know you want to find somebody who's got a certain level of wealth because you're selling you know you're selling yachts. Sure. They can give you that those consumers. They can give you all the information. It literally is just like just like Facebook selling data. And yet you never hear complaints about the credit reporting agencies selling data. May I ask a question? I don't know. Let's find out. When when you're doing your your pre production work, do you just rate these different segments based on how how high you're going to spike my blood pressure? Is that just like yes. your new? Is that you're just like <laughs> Oh, let's talk about fake diamonds and really piss them off. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, new Coke. It was a thing. Max Hedrum. And you're like, credit agencies are ripping you off. And I'm like, fuck. I had I had a, my tickler file of various segments and I was at a, in a dinner with a bunch of friends. Yeah. And I started saying, and we were talking about it, whatever, talking about the program. Sure. And I was saying, here's some segments, ideas that I want to do coming up. Yeah. And literally credit agencies, when I mentioned that one, it just like pin the meters oh, for really? everybody who want. Oh, yeah, yeah, For people who had interest. Interesting. And I'm sure they were all saying like, oh, I find those people really interesting. I'd like to know more about them. I'm sure that was the consensus around the table. Well, no, mostly the people were turning red. Their steam was blowing out of their <laughs> ears totally. and saying, yeah, yeah, you got to talk about yeah. this. Meanwhile, they had their pitchforks and torches out. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
What is credit protection? And when did credit reporting agencies begin providing it? Ah, yes. This is when I pay the service to do right by me because otherwise oh. they won't. Is that That's basically what it is, right? They track changes to your credit report and alert you of any suspicious activities, such as new accounts you didn't open, yeah. inquiries you didn't initiate. Early detection of such red flags can help you identify potential fraud and take immediate action. Basic credit monitoring plans start around 10 bucks per month. Read that, 120 bucks per year. Yeah. All more advanced packages with additional features like identity theft restoration insurance. What in the world? Seriously. Yep. And cost up to $30 per month or more. Your job is to provide accurate information to your customers. Only if you pay. And yet you're forcing now people who have no choice yeah. but be rated by you yeah. to pay you yeah. to keep the information accurate. Yeah. It is a ridiculous conflict of interest. Some credit reporting agencies offer services to help consumers remove errors from their credit reports and improve their credit scores. Let me repeat that. They charge consumers to remove errors I think the, that the credit reporting agencies have made yes, from yes. their credit reports. That's more than a mild conflict of interest. Yeah. It's a racket. Yeah. That's a nice that's a nice house you've got there, Mr. Little. Yeah. Be a shame if something happened to it. You better sign up for our protection. I, I believe there is a path where you can do it without paying them. However, it is like they make it impossible. Exactly. Have you done it? Have you exactly. ever tried to do it? It's impossible. Yes, yes, I have. And do you want all to know they do is steer you toward their protection service? Do you want to know what the result has been? Nothing. You have you you can't make them budge. No, you can't no, make them no, do anything. No, no, not nothing. There has been a, a a scalar result. There has been an actual finite result of my experience trying to deal with shit like this. Oh, I just fucking subscribed. I was just like, yeah. The oh pain, yeah, yeah. The Most pain people is will not just worth it. That's why it's too hard. And exactly, and they're just like, and it's like you pay the thing, and then you just do this, and then I just don't have to worry about it. And it's just in one place, and I can lock it and unlock it and do all this shit. And like, it's just a better dashboard, and it should all be free, right? It should all be totally free. Hundred percent. It should all be in a dashboard that you can access twenty four seven, three sixty five, as much as you want or as little as you want. It's insane. The rules of yeah. credit reporting agencies are just from a bygone era. Yeah. Crazy. What is identity theft? You probably know. Sadly, yes. The first I remember of identity theft was from the film Midnight Cowboy in 1969, which features a character who uses stolen credit cards. I didn't remember that part of the film. I saw this film with you and yeah. I don't remember this. And that's 1969. That's sure. credit cards had become kind of popular by then. Sure. So, you know, and, and the credit reporting agencies were most of them were, you know, created a year earlier or Interesting. one a year later. <laughs> What's nuts about that, too, by the way, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of experience with other credit cards. I, I, I'm much like you. Very. You know, I use them as convenience and use them basically as cash cards. Yeah. My primary card has been for years my American Express and they know me better than me because it used to be pre-pandemic my card got my card number got lifted about once a year sure I traveled a lot I'm sure you know it got skimmed or whatever I try to be careful about that but whatever it get picked up about once a year use they, your watch use your watch well yeah but this is five there years is so ago, much protection ago. there's yeah. so much protection well, and in now, not using your card now even just with tap tap is so tap, much better yeah tap, totally. tap with a chip yeah. I mean I gotta believe they bucket you or consumers into a handful of buckets like I gotta believe I I'm getting a level of service from Amex that somebody with a, you know, high rate of default, you know, in a questionable bucket isn't getting, a, isn't is getting, not getting. Yeah. I call Amex. I've never had to wait more than 30 seconds to get a human on the phone. I'm pretty sure that's not the case. If you're, if you're calling a, a high risk, you know, credit provider, they want you using your credit card. They want to make those fees. So getting that credit card to you quickly, that replacement of credit course. card quickly, yeah, of course. makes complete financial sense for them. Totally. I did want to ask you, yeah. do you, have you ever seen those credit cards that actually have apps that come with them and you can turn off yeah. the credit 
card and yeah. turn on the credit card. Yeah. Does that still exist? Is that yeah. still a thing? Because that and sounds like a great do idea. Do you remember? Do you remember like Web V1 days? I think it was. I want to say it was NBNA. M M N B NBNA. Yeah, NBNA was bought by B, B of A. But before they bought by B of A, they had a random number generation service that was great. You could go into your account and they would generate a one-time use number, yeah. and you could set your own expiry and your own limit. And for all sketchy websites, I would use that. I'd be like, oh, these guys can lift my credit card number. Sure, and they they I'm can get thirty bucks from you exactly. And that was gone for a while. I don't know if it was if there was like IP around or what, but I just I didn't see it for a long time. And now I feel like it's back. I think even Amex offers it now, where you can do like a one-time generation. I suspect effectively you're going to get like a pass key. Yeah. is how this is going to look because that's what you're doing when you're when you're doing that tap to pay. Is it there's no you know it's not a credit card number per se. Now something I learned recently that I did not know. I made a presumption the chip, not tap. The chip yeah. has all your personal information on it. That's still. crazy. And part of the protocol is for it to be extracted on the reader. Yeah. So That's you crazy. can still have a skimmer pull all your shit off the chip. But I didn't know that. I assumed it was protected. There is a handshake that requires when the chip. When I tap my phone, is that still the case? No. Or is that not the to case my knowledge, when I tap my to, phone? Well, I should confirm that. But to my knowledge, it's not the case. Yeah. And to be clear, if you're using the chip, there is a handshake that necessitates the chip. However, the number you can still lift off the chip. You can't do another chip transaction without the card, but you can do a Stripe transaction without the card. Does that make okay. sense? So yeah, totally. you can lift the information off the chip and then just go, you know, buy a bunch of shit on not Amazon, but whatever, some other site using the card number that still supports it. So we're just a long way away from getting rid of that. I am super optimistic, though, about tap to pay because tap to pay to me is the right answer. And mobile devices are going to drive that. We've had chips in Europe since the 90s and we just got them here, what, 10 years ago? Not even yeah, yeah, five, yeah. six years ago. Like we're so far behind. But also, this also pay, an interesting thing when it. you are in Europe and you yeah. pay, you uh -huh. ha have lunch at a restaurant or whatever and they yeah. and it's time to pay they, won't they come and bring you the machine i love it i love and, they, go to the and country. they never will touch your credit card I am you slide your credit card in and pull I it am. out and all the and it's really great they'll take your credit card into a back room and make five copies so that, of it that's that's happening here i am a, such a dumb mouth breathing american i go to europe and i'm immediately just like handing my credit card and they look at you like it's fucking kryptonite they're just right. like they can't touch this Ugh. that has covid like, i'm not going near that i'm not going to yeah. touch that and that's happening now in the u.s especially i see it with like what I'm gonna call the younger generation, it cracks me up. I'll go get a coffee, and I'll be like, oh, it's, you know, six bucks. And I hand him my credit card, and the kid just looks at me like I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, and then like, like his eyes, doing? his eyes just go down to the tap, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm just old, and then I just tap <laughs> to pay. And because that's the expectation, which I think is great, the fact that we're 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 moving towards that slowly. And then he fucks up my my coffee. Tapping the credit card is not something I even prefer to do. I I still am. I'm a tap the watch guy. When I'm at the Mamba Center and I'm grabbing some food or whatever, man, just tap that watch, and then we all move on with our lives. I mean, you're gonna hate this you know what's better than that i'd love to know hand scan amazon one oh like, well sure 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 but I, I have that exactly at two places that i go to so that's mostly man, useless that's the only thing to me that's better than the tap is i walk up i scan my palm i put shit in the cart i scan my palm i walk out no tap to pay no bullshit nothing net time i spend doing a transaction is like three seconds waiting to get in it's so fast it's so, so fast good. and they have that at your uh, mama i'm, not, I'm not sure i prefer the hand scan over the watch scan the watch scan does offer some security that the hand scan could you know do you know what goes with you everywhere you go? Your hand. That's part of the problem. Nah, that's it's your part palm. of the problem. Your, it's your palm. Your palm doesn't change. All your fingerprints don't change. Well, I like the idea that the numbers, when I tap my watch, that number is a unique number. Wait, are you, first of all, Remo Williams was a thing. I'm sure you can change your fingerprints. You just you just burn them off. Get right Second, what, what what's your concern <clears throat> there? Someone taking your hand and going to like, if somebody takes your hand, and your biggest You've problem is bigger, isn't, bigger isn't, problems yeah, than your credit. It's not them yeah. buying a fucking Michelob Ultra at the Mamba <laughs> Center. You're missing no. a hand. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, now, but now the, wait a minute. If I bring fa- you in, the like, the data of a- my hand, that of whatever my hand reads, could be hacked from Amazon because it doesn't change. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the biometrics that make make up my ID for Amazon, sure. does, they don't change from transaction to transaction. I understand that. Now, look, if your bigger concern, and this one I would be worried about if I were you, if your bigger concern is me like like dragging your corpse weekend at Bernie style to the Mamba Center, <laughs> that one I'd be worried about. Like, hey, what's wrong with your buddy? Oh, he's just sleepy. Meanwhile, I'm walking he's, in he's with a little you, tired. scanning your hand so I can get in to get my Michelob Ultra. Yeah, that would be the bigger concern. You can replace fraud alert on your credit report with each credit reporting agency, yeah. and this alerts potential lenders to verify your identity for extending credit, making it harder for fraudsters to open accounts in your names. Fraud alerts are typically free to place and last 90 days, which is kind of maddening. Yeah. You can renew them as needed. Some credit reporting agencies offer identity theft restoration services that, that they char- charge you for, as we've discussed. You could freeze you can it. Re- you can put it, you, what was the 90 days part you said? What was the last 90 days? 90 days is is the uh, um, fraud alerts. Oh, fraud alerts. alerts. There aren't yeah, such yeah, a thing yeah. as credit freezes. This came with the Consumer Protection Yeah, this Bureau is probably the best we, thing I that think we they just along. got, which yeah, restricts yeah. access to your credit report almost entirely, virtually freezing potential new credit from being opened in your name yeah. unless you temporarily lift the freeze. This is the, I want this app for my credit reports as well as for a yeah. credit card where yeah. I turn it on and turn it off. Yeah. I'm at the car dealership for whatever reason. I want to lease a car and I hit the button. And at that moment, my credit opens up. Totally. The car dealership can go look at it and do whatever they need to do. And then I hit well, the button to turn it yeah. off and now it's sealed off. There's a huge problem with that though. I know. I know, because it's a car dealership. And, Fucking you know. 80% of their revenue, you just put a big old hole in. Exactly. They, right? Like, you know, what's better for them is l- charge the car dealership to run the credit and then just be like, oh, well, you can't open it because whatever, it's frozen. But they still get to charge them for running it. Sure. Yeah, you don't get to protect your data. That's not a thing. <laughs> uh, anyway, so you you basically can get uh, credit freezes that, that last a year and there's no charge for that. The uh, initial freeze placement is free. Lifting it is generally free as well. I, Some states have fees for placing subsequent freezes after the initial one. So do be aware really? of that. I didn't know that was a yeah. thing. I mean, I recommend to all listeners right now, you pause this show and go freeze your credit at all three bureaus right now. This problem is kind of interesting. This was a couple of years ago. We were we were getting a new, we were, our family was growing and we need a bigger car. Mm-hmm. And I knew exactly what I wanted. Fucking hate car dealerships. And I went in, knew, they had the exact vehicle I wanted. I knew the VIN, the whole nine yard. Mm-hmm. And I, you get the, the fucking person on the floor that lines you up. And I was like, this is going to be a dance. And I told her, I said, look, I want to buy this car. Don't dick around with me. I said, you get one bite at the apple. And then she tried to dick around and came back and gave me a whole story. And because they always do they're offering like 1.3% interest. I'm like, I'll take that money all day long. Sure. And she said, well, you know, got to run your credit and blah, blah, blah. And I said, assume my credit is perfect. Right. And let's start there. And if it's not, then you can ding me on what, but let's just start there. Blah, blah, blah. And she went and then she came back and gave me some bullshit about pricing. I said, okay, you just use your first bite at the apple. If you do it again, I walk yeah. like, that's it. Like, like this is like, if you want this sale, you can get it long story. Not so long. She came back and, and later it was more bullshit. And then one of the things she said that really infuriated me, she was like, well, you know, we ran your credit. wasn't perfect. And I was like, bitch. Yeah, you don't have is. my information. Yeah, and more importantly, I get alerts on my phone when you do it. Right. And I didn't get an alert. Like, like, why do you think you can lie? Like, what do you really think I'm that dumb? And we, we, I just looked at my wife and I was like, time to go. We just got up and walked out. Yeah, sure. And I came back two days later and bought the car from somebody else. There are there are pretty good uh, car dealerships. And if you want help, I this is how I have gotten cars in the past. Yeah. Internet and fleet departments. Oh. Who literally just give you what you need. Totally. You can That's what I ended up doing. I went through the internet and, and door. It's great. You don't, you don't do what some of my friends do and walk, in, uh, walk into the showroom with your checkbook and go, I'm buying a car today. Yes. I'm not leaving here without a without car. Without a car. I would just like anyone here to, to take my money. Can you mark these things up more, please? I'm holding my ankles. Don't use that. 
between me saying bitch and you saying hold your ankles. I think we, we got a winner. How do I get my credit report? You're entitled to a free credit report annually from yes. each of the three major yes, bureaus. Yes. Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Meaning yes. you can get three credit reports every single year. Yep. You can access them through annualcreditreport.com. If you need additional reports beyond your free annual one, there might be fees ranging from 5 to $30 per report. Yep. Again, this is how they make money. No, you can get your report, but not necessarily your score. Yeah, they consider the score, quote, proprietary, I believe. You can probably figure out roughly what your score is just from looking sure. at your report. It's not that complicated. I had this experience many years ago where there was su- there was an entry on my credit report that was not me, and I told them it wasn't me, and they're like, we don't care. Like, the credit agency didn't care. Yeah. So I dug in. It was sitting in collections. I dug into the collections company. They told me where it sat. And then as I dug in further, I went, oh, you fuckers, this isn't me. This is literally a different person. Yeah, sure. Same name. And because they, no, they didn't use the full name. No, they used the initials. Okay. They just used the initials. And I was like, so I I told the collection they got it wrong. And their answer was, we don't care. They don't care. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, I've I've proven to you. And they agreed with them that they didn't care. I called the people that initially had the debt. They no longer held the debt. They sold it to the collections company. I called them and I pled my case. And I found the nicest woman on the phone. And I said, look, this isn't me and the blah, blah, blah. And they put it on my credit. And this woman was so kind. She said, I'll take care of it. And I was like, really? She's like, I'll call the, I'll call the collections company. Like we have a good relationship with them. We'll fix it. And she fixed it for me. And that woman is still on my Christmas card list a decade sure, later. Sure. And gets a Christmas card from us. <laughs> she and should be. Because like, that's rare. That's rare. Right, that it's super that rare. That's the outcome of that story. That shit would still be sitting there. And it wasn't. And I like, I sent her proof and, and she knew right away. She's like, this isn't you. We know this isn't you. But the collections company knew the added information to know that it wasn't me. Like, oh, I don't know my name, but they just didn't care. Sure. They were just like, we're going to put this they on. They don't care. Crazy. Uh, how do you recover? from bad credit building your positive credit history over time will, will repair your score most negative information stays on your report for seven years except bankruptcies which remain for 10 years medical debt was recently excluded from reports for one year after being paid and removed entirely after seven years from default so the key is pay your bills on time and in full interestingly i thought this was fascinating if you moved to the u.s from another country yeah your credit doesn't follow you yeah you're unscored which is a bad place to be in the credit world 19 percent of americans have no credit history or considered unscorable yeah making it nearly impossible to get a credit card or a loan and also impossible to get certain types of jobs. I've worked with a bunch of people who have had this problem, right? They're expats somewhere else. They come here and they're, they're fucked. Like you, right. you, you have They're no path. With a credit credit yeah. rating of like five hundred yeah. or whatever a beginning yeah, credit terrible. rating is. You know, there is another way to recover from bad credit. What's that? You just steal somebody else's identity. When data theft became a thing, is exactly following. Yeah. When credit agency, credit reporting agencies started offering credit protection because it's all right there. Because it was like yeah. one. It's a recipe the other. for success. Exactly. How do we get people to sign up for our credit protection? Well, we just have a looser hand on what who we allow exactly. to use that person's credit. We need you to prove that it's you. So we need your date of birth, your SSN, and then meanwhile the credit report has. Has your date of birth and your SSN or whatever exactly, the identifiers exactly. are. I always love this. I don't get these much anymore, but I'd every now and again get the phone call and they'd be like, where did you live? Which which one of these streets did you live on? Like, yeah, sure. they're basically trying to get through the, the credit captcha. But I'm like, uh, nope. Credit reporting agencies have system flaws, and we've talked about some of them. Yeah. Paying your mortgage on time, paying your rent usually doesn't, unless you pay with a credit card. The size of your bank balance and other cash equivalents don't count. Yeah. Neither do your stock nor real estate holdings. You would think if someone has $100 million in liquid assets, they would have a much higher credit score than someone who has zero. But for whatever reason, they've not engineered the credit system to work that way, which is nuts. Not in their 
best interest, I guess, right? I, I don't know. What, why, why would that be? That, because if somebody has enough assets, liquid assets, then you don't need to know what their credit's like because they've got the cash to, to obviously more than cover anything I, you're going to, going to loan them. What's more important, money on hand or the fact that you pay your bills? Well, I think both are very important. Of course. But you would think money that, on hand tells me that no matter what, I can come after you for those for those payments if you for would, some reason you don't make them. Yeah, but you know, liquidity is is just can go through your fingers so quick, right? Like, I mean, I, I can look at how long you've had that, li- exact, that, that yeah, liquidity. Exactly. I can look then, at the, how, the term of your bank account being at such a gets, level or then whatever. It's complicated. Yeah, then it gets complicated, I think, right? Like, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but also, <laughs> I'd like to not give up that information if at all possible. They all have it. It's uh, They're all passing I get it. Around. No, I get it. I totally get it. All right, we have to get out of here quickly before we do. Have you seen or read anything good this last well, week? Well, now I feel like I need to go watch some some more Experian videos based on, on this segment, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Did I see anything good this week? Well, for sure, it wasn't the Golden Globe. Globes because I watched yeah. the tail end of that and I thought that was a train wreck. Oh, you should have seen the beginning. It was a bigger train wreck. Was it a bigger train wreck? Well, I'm not going to Google that. Uh, but I did, as you know, I'm, a, I'm a, a total nerd. I did watch an incredibly interesting video. I'll put it in the notes okay. that breaks down the mid cabin emergency door options on 737 900ERs. Yeah, you mentioned that. So this is yeah, this is in response to the Alaska flight. What's crazy to me, the 737 900ER. I don't even really think this plane should exist to be quite honest because what Boeing has done is they've taken an airframe that's been around forever and is super well known. And they've just kept making it bigger and longer and bigger and longer. Mm-hmm. I am shocked at how many configuration options there are just for these doors on the 737s. And what's even more shocking to me is that this event happened what last week. And within two or three days, there were these really well thought out, well explained videos. And this is how, like it's like a 30 minute video that walks you through every single aspect of these plane configurations and why things happen. And I don't want to give away what it what it gives out. I talked we talked about it earlier in the top of the show, but uh, it's super interesting. So I'll put it in the notes. And if you're a, if you're a plane buff. It's it's worth 25 minutes of your time. I'm totally going sure. to look as soon as as soon as I can because that's my thing. Oh, you'll love it. How about you? Did you watch any other airplane uh, uh, tech videos? Not not uh, airplane, uh, but I do want to recommend Beckham. David Beckham's meteoric rise from humble beginnings to global football stardom, from his early days at Manchester United to his international career with England and his successful stint at various clubs worldwide. Director Fisher Stevens captures the essence of his sporting prowess. David Beckham's documentary is not just a celebration of his incredible sporting achievements, but also a testament to his character, his humility, his gratitude, his commitment to making the world a better place, make him not only a sporting icon, but also a role model for aspiring athletes and individuals alike that one must never give up during moments of adversity. England was cruel to him, cruel to him. You you should see this. It's actually great. And the media tried to destroy him and his family, but they came out on top. Beckham on Netflix now. That sounds great. I got to say, your reviews are always just a little bit better than mine. You're you're (laughs) recommending a movie about David Beckham that sounds super interesting. And I'm like, I looked at Plain Dork and configuration options for a 737. Oh, no, I'm totally in on that video because that story fascinates me that you can be flying. Yeah, here's the thing. That shouldn't happen. And we'll see when the dust settles on this. But I believe you've got a problem in manufacturing at Boeing. And my fear is, the thing I fear the most, is that it is a supply chain problem. And that could be really ugly because they should not have those. They can't get the door plugs, so they're just I'm using... very afraid they went on Amazon and were like, airplane plug bolt. <laughs> <laughs> two days and they just got that and put those and in didn't bother to read the reviews yeah blows out no, all they the did time. the reviews were like best airplane plug bolt ever signed airbus and they're like oh yeah that's real so uh, yeah that's my fear because you really like you know especially for 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 military stuff you know the metallurgy you know where the metal came from like yeah sure, sure for sure. anything like that that's made and my my fear is here that there may have been some problem with, with supply chain and because if that has happened you now have a very large web of shit you have to clean up 
and that. Oh, one. okay. I'm making a worst case assumption that it's not just those bolts. If the supply chain is effect is infected, what else could be covered? What other parts? What other planes? Is this systemic? I mean, there was a plane. You want to talk about nerdness? There's a fascinating video that I think would even bore you to tears uh, about uh, one of the failures on these Rolls Royce engines on um, on the seven eights. I'm sorry, no, on the A380s. There was a misalignment in the drilling of an oil pipe. But you should do a segment about it. You know, when I come in, it's the end. I start asking about yep. what you've seen or read that's uh-huh. any good. You know, we're going to the end of the show. We're closing. Oh, I'm not starting a new segment now. If you're going to launch a new segment, is that's this my, the end? Probably, probably not the place to do it. I should really listen to this show every once in a while. I really don't know how it works. <laughs> that is the episode. Thank you for joining us for all of this nonsense, mainly about planes, a truly terrible <laughs> podcast from The Awful Company. <laughs> Visit us on the web at nonsense.productions. I'm CJ Little, the plane guy. I'm Jeff Parker. And if you like this program, please follow down and subscribe and like at Apple, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, our favorite Overcast, or wherever you may get your podcast from. You know, you can only get Overcast for if you're on an iPhone. Why would you be You say this? it every week like, like, you know, the rest of us can get Overcast and we can't. Anyway, I recommend go look at the uh, podcast players that are available at podcastindex.org. Special thanks to our floor director, Josh Deutsch. Listen, trade in your shitty Android phone. <laughs> go buy a real phone and get Overcast. Okay? I mean, we'll be here every Thursday morning for more nonsense. Join us. With your iPhone. Join us on your iPhone. <laughs> All right? Look, Tim needs a new car. Okay? So we, everybody's got to buy something. He needs a new Ford Fiesta or whatever the fuck he drives. Probably not a Ford Fiesta if I had to guess.